We're not goons. We're not bullies. No matter what people say or do, we have to be ourselves. You. Who are you? Dean Portman. From where? Chicago, Illinois. You. Guy Germain. From where? Uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. You. Jesse Hall from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Who are you? Julie Gaffney from Bangor, Maine. Luis Mendoza, Miami, Florida. Greg Goldberg, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Les Averman, Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Fulton Reed, Stillwater, Minnesota. Right. Russ Tyler, South Central Los Angeles. Charlie Conway, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Ken Rue, San Francisco, California. Connie Moreau, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Adam Banks, Dinah, Minnesota. Dwayne Robertson, Austin, Texas. Michelle McKay, Duluth, Minnesota. And I'm Gordon Bombay, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. That's right, Jan. Good work, Captain Duck. From the Icelandic Dracula himself. Thanks, Gunner. As we teased last week, the NHL season starts Tuesday, October 10th. That's the National Hockey League. That's right, for you kids out there. As the Vegas Golden Knights take on the Seattle Kraken, I will always be frustrated that they are the, one, not the Las Vegas Golden Knights, they're the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't understand that. And two, they had a chance to be the Vegas Knights, N-I-G-H-T-S. Yeah. The night lights, like nighttime is the right time. Here's the thing. I'm not going to criticize the people who love the Vegas Golden Knights. First off, not a fan of the colors because the colors don't scream Vegas to me. But why do you have the Vegas Golden Knights and the Las Vegas Raiders? Are you also going to have the Las Vegas A's? Are they going to be the Vegas A's? They're going to be Sin City A's. Are they going to? No, I have no idea. Wouldn't that not be cool? What if they were the Sin City Knights or something like that? Sin City Knights. Uh, At least they're not the Vegas Golden Showers, which is very much something you can do in Vegas. (laughs) pay something extra for uh, that. No golden showers in this week's movie, but first, let's say we're, we're not the biggest sit down and watch hockey fans. We're, we're as casual as you can get. But it's a reason for us to talk about something we love that there's an abundance <laughs> yeah. of, and that's hockey movies. We're not Mag CH, who no. is a Pittsburgh Penguins aficionado. Yes. But this is the Pool Scene Podcast in my Air Bombays. I'm Kevin, joined on the first line by Jim. Screaming down the left wing, looking at my center going, hey now. There you go. This week, we're covering D2 The Mighty Ducks and returning to 1994 for the second straight week. Very different movies. Oh, yeah. D2 is directed by... Wait, Sin- this isn't Brain Scan? No. Oh, this would have been my this Brain Scan a dream, disc. Though. Yeah. Actually, it, might, it may be all a dream. We'll figure that out here in a little bit. Read Word Up Magazine. Uh, D2 is directed by Sam Wiseman, who went on to direct 1997's George of the Jungle when Brendan Fraser achieved the best possible physique any human has ever achieved. Yeah. He does oiled right. abs. It was nuts. And then he, some other films before... His last movie, 2003's Dickie Roberts, former child star. David Spade? David Spade, indeed. Yike. The first, (laughs) just yike. (laughs) So bad, it's not yikes, it's just yike. The first Mighty Ducks film came out in 1992. Following the success of the first movie, a real life, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim franchise was founded. How awesome is that? By the Walt Disney Company. They paid $50 million to gain entrance into the NHL 
well. That's the fee. And then they joined the league in the 93-94 season. They moved a metric fuck ton of merch, or <sighs> since this is a Disney movie, maybe I should say a metric duck ton. Oh, you son of a bitch. A lot of the merch was bought by me, and I was all in on the Mighty Ducks as an NHL franchise. Hell yeah. For the 2006-2007 season, the NHL team dropped the Mighty. How fucking dumb is and that? And rebranded as just the Anaheim Ducks with a Duckfoot logo. More on logos later, but it's a fail from me, dog. Here's how casual we are. Did they win the Stanley Cup as the Anaheim Ducks, or am I way off? Mm. I have no idea. Only thing I remember, two players from the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, Paul Correa, yep. Timu Solani. Yep. Boom. The big antagonist in this movie is Iceland. Originally, it was supposed to Whole be- Whole fucking country. Originally, it was supposed to be Russia, but since relations were okay at the time between the United States and Russia, it was decided to not poke the bear and make an issue, so instead they selected Iceland. We'd poke it now, though. Yeah. We're poking it now. They refer to Iceland several times as a hockey powerhouse. And their head coach is a former NHL player, but, and a big but, Iceland has never produced a single NHL player in real life. Kind of insulting. Among the other teams that USA plays, Trinidad and Tobago have also never produced an NHL player. Italy has produced three NHL players, and Germany has produced 33, including the 2020 NHL MVP, Leon Dreisaitl. Nice. So I'm going to say it now. This thing was rigged. The whole tournament, Team USA had a cakewalk of opponents. I will say they almost teetered upon the over-the-top, constant reiteration, of double, double elimination. elimination tournament. Yeah, Lincoln so, Hawks. And there is, I don't have this in logic written down. Am I crazy? Is there not a game that Team USA plays that we don't see? They play, I'm pretty sure they show the the zoom on the, mag- newspaper. on the newspaper and it says like Team USA downs and it's like another game. We did see them play Trinidad, Tobago, yeah. Germany, Iceland twice. Italy. Italy. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I think they just didn't show. There's like another game they play that we don't see. There's a copyright on the Chinese license, (laughs) apparently. So, Jim, I ran out and saw D2. My dad took me. Did lots of other dads and moms take their kids to see D2? Please give us budget box office news and number ones at time of release. From WUAB Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. Flying V on March the 25th, 1994, D2, the Mighty Ducks, hit our movies, eight theater in Niles. But here's the thing, Kevin. It made $45 million at the box office. Pretty respectable. Budget-wise, no idea. It's another one where it's not clearly designated anywhere how much this movie costs. Now, I mean, we've done enough episodes now, 170 plus, where we could kind of put two and two together. They filmed some of this in Los Angeles. That's going to cost more. So I'm saying making $45 million at the box office. I think it might be safe to say this movie was maybe produced on a 10 to 15 million dollar yeah. budget yeah i think you're probably you're right. not charging these kids no there wasn't much. a lot of sites everything was around los angeles estevez probably had the bulk of the money wayne gretzky showing up as an appearance unless he did it for free he is the great one i have no idea some other sneaky nhl players in the movie and too. kareem abdul jabbar greg luganis like christy yamaguchi because yeah. lillehammer olympics were in 94 we're going to talk about this later but gordon yeah. bombay despite being this bird Burgeoning hockey hockey star. He's barely bigger than Christy Yamaguchi. <laughs> the original, for instance, little reference point was a $14 million budget and made $50 million at the box office. So we're thinking about the 
same thing. You wonder if, if Disney said, you know what? We're probably going to buy an NHL franchise. It we're had gonna, we're going to offer books. this a whole package deal. And as long as this movie makes double the budget, we're moving forward with. Wouldn't have made. I mean, it would have been kind of cool if they would have filmed a thing. Say they did it after the credits or at the end of the movie where Team USA, these kids that were District 5 that became a peewee juggernaut, somehow, some way were able to create the Anaheim Mighty Ducks and they were named yes. here's the new team in Anaheim. These are the kids that inspired this new franchise. Here are the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Yes. Tied into the actual movie itself. Would have made even more. Would have been way better. Would have been incredible. This movie, this is what disappoints me, Kevin, about Rotten Tomatoes, period. 21% on Rotten Tomatoes with an average rating of 3.9 out of 10. Fucking ridiculous. I don't see how it's rated that low. Now, if this was D3, I get that score. Yeah. Not D2. Get out of the fucking way there. Come on. These movies happen in the wrong order. Yeah. It should have been D1, D3, then D2, because they go from being Team USA to not being able to make varsity at an academy. Plus, if we're just looking at them physically, puberty happened almost overnight. Yeah. Because this is literally supposed to take place a year later. A year later. Yeah. These kids have grown exponentially. But the one thing that grew even more in the news, the largest milkshake ever was made in Nelspruit, South Africa. 1,955 gallons of chocolate milk. Ah. I'm pretty sure when I went to Aldi's and I bought three gallons of chocolate milk and I drank those over three days, I could produce my own type of chocolate milk. That's right, kids. Amy Fisher's lover, we remember Amy Fisher, and Joey Buttafuoco is released from jail after four months and nine days. That whole Amy Fisher, Joey Buttafuoco, yeah. shoot yourself in the face type deal. Eat everybody before the Hassan pepper gets covered. I loved when uh, they Yikes. did the um, Jim Carrey, Joey Buttafuoco over here from In Living <laughs> Color. Oh, boy, I'm Amy Fisher. You know the Wonka Island Lolita? And this is Joy Buttafuoco over here. Hey, Joy Buttafuoco over here. Joey Buttafuoco used to be so offended by everybody making fun of the whole thing. It's like, listen, you fucked around on Mary Jo and this shit happens at Amy Fisher. It's a fatal attraction. One thing that was never a fatal attraction, the man who inspired me, we have the poster right behind me on the wall. Howard Stern formally announces his libertarian run for New York governor off the basis of a joke saying that he would be able to get a lot of votes. And when he almost won the governorship of New York, he bowed out of the race because he's like, listen, this was supposed to be a stunt and people are voting for me. I have no right being in politics. Hey, we ended I'm up with a president like that in 2016. Yeah. And look how that turned out. Howard Stern, polar opposite. I think it would have been interesting. He would have been impeached within the first oh, month. Oh, yeah, probably. He would have been gone. It was a sex scandal. Had somebody on a Sibian. At a- <laughs> <laughs> he takes the oath of office on a Sibian, which come. would have been great. Get on that Sibian. Now, the man who created the Sibian, George Michael. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to the sports machine. George Michael's Sibian machine. <laughs> Experts from the American League certify that the Cleveland Indians Jacobs Field is properly lit. Great news story there, everybody. The experts certify that the Indians Jake is properly lit. Thank you. It's It's lit in more ways than one. The iconic toothbrush lights. Yes. I love, I love the Jake. I don't care what anybody says. I don't even recognize it though. When like a couple times I've been back in the last handful of years, I'm like, I don't remember any of this. It's like Uh a completely new stadium. Yeah, they took out a lot of seats. Well, you have. 
to. Yeah. You have to. Have to. The number one movie in America. Speaking of a whole saga, Naked Gun, 33 and a third. The final insult. Don't remember anything from this movie. I remember mm. the first one because of Enrico Palazzo. I, I very much remember the first one and the second one. Yeah. Not the third. Not one. the third one at all. And here are your top five songs in the nation, starting with number five. What a Man by Salt and Peppa featuring En Vogue. Celine Dion comes in at number four with the power of love. Powerhouse vocal juggernaut Mariah Carey without you slash never forget you. Out you? Without you. Without you. Without you. Without you. Uh. Hey, out you. Never forget you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Was I nervous? Was that a wheeze? What the fuck was I? <laughs> That's what she does now. That's yeah. how she sounds. She has to revolutionize her voice. She can't say with anymore. She goes, ouchu. Ouchu, exclamation point. Achu. 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 Vajetchu. Vagina you. A piece of shit at number two, R. Kelly with Bump and Grind. And once again, we're in 94. They're a juggernaut. It's Ace of Base with the sign. That's they're like just every 19, week. They're 1994. Yeah. They're the whole year. They won the, in full disclosure, they won were near the top if not number one for the entire year of 1994 so here we are bob miller i wish you were here to announce us because bob miller's announcing voice in this movie is stellar kevin will probably talk about it later let's knuckle plot <laughs> i love knuckle, no knuckle plot let's the slut. not do any of that we do knuckle let's slut knuckle puck you haven't heard of my knuckle puck into the pot no, you idiot, because you're just a random you're just kid. Some kid. You're some fucking kid. Former Pee Wee coach and minor league player Gordon Bombay makes the move to the national stage as he steps behind the bench for Team USA. Coach Bombay's Ducks will be joined by some of the top young players from around the United States. Mighty Ducks 1 was about how lawyer Gordon Bombay was arrested for drunk driving and his community service was to coach in a youth hockey league that he played in as a child. Ultimately, his team, the Ducks, plays against his childhood team, the Hawks. All of this entirely at a local level. Yeah. It's district hockey, peewee hockey. Random. District peewee hockey. Yeah. So at the start of D2, our drunk driving lawyer, coach Gordon Bombay, is a minor league hockey star with NHL aspirations. And you hear the fucking Bombay. He's going to be in the NHL real soon. Bombay's triple deke. That's gone in a flash due to a career ending knee injury. That his knee didn't get hit. No, it didn't. He's I don't know five foot five, he's but. It. He returns to his hometown of Minneapolis where he is offered a chance to coach the United States in the Junior Goodwill Games in Los Angeles. Biggest event ever. He reunites most of his Ducks players and gets five new players. Tell me about my new kids. That's Luis Mendoza. He's from our Miami club. A real speedster. Incredible skate. My clock at 1.9 seconds, blue line to blue. One minor problem. Ah! Has a little trouble stopping. I'd say so. Y'all ready to play some puck? Hey, Lincoln's hop along Gretzky. <laughs> That's Dwayne Robertson from Austin. He's the best puck handler I've ever seen. You mean for his age? No, I don't. There's Julie the Cat Gaffney. She won the state championship for Maine three years in a row. Well, we could use a backup. Isn't that that kid from the Olympics, the figure skater? Yep. Ken Wu, what can I say? I convinced him that hockey had more of a future. We put a stick in his hands, nobody's been able to touch him. Showtime! That guy's a teenager? Don't you know everything's oh. fire? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, hormones. He's a goon. They go to L.A., where Bombay starts to lose himself, Mom's spaghetti. He's distracted by living a celebrity lifestyle again. <laughs> Almost immediately. <laughs> He's a peewee <laughs> hockey coach, and he ascends to celebrity. He tries to get coaching shoes. <laughs> no, no, no it, it's not a sneaker. It's a street shoe. Like coaches wear. Uh, sure, with a pump. That'll work. We need coaching shoes. It's a double elimination tournament, like Jim said, and over the top. The team easily defeats Trinidad and Tobago and Italy. I would hope so. But then are crushed by Iceland 12 to 1. Their star player gets hurt. The players hate the new Gordon Bombay. They call him Coach Blood. The tutor slash team teacher. What if he was a pirate? No, that'd be great. <laughs> notices the effects on the players and confronts Gordon. Hello? I canceled their practice. What are you talking about? Where are they? They needed a day off. Trust me. I need them here to practice. Well, they need to rest. You've been running those children ragged. They can barely stay awake in class. They're calling you Captain Blood. I am preparing these kids for battle. Can you understand that? We win the gold, we go on to bigger things. Bigger things? That's right. Please. Gordon, it's a game. You said it yourself. Games should be fun. Remember? Meanwhile, the team finds themselves after a pickup hockey game. Like, they go play street hockey with this kid, Russ Tyler. They're just the allowed to leave the complex. Well, they don't have a coach. They're nope. outside, like, exercising, and this kid comes up, and he's like, why don't you play some real puck or whatever? Jan like, isn't even with them. They just follow, yeah, they just follow this we'll kid. We'll follow you. My little brother Russ here has been telling me that you guys have been choking big time. Well, your brother's got a big mouth. Anyways, we thought we'd call y'all to see what you got. Yeah, we know you can talk to the press and sign autographs and stuff. We can do more than that. Oh, yeah? Well, we can teach you how to play like the real Team USA. Yeah, what would you know about it? Party people! You gotta earn every inch! They end up recruiting one of the street hockey players, Russ Tyler, to be on the team. Gordon also finds himself after a visit from his mentor, his brother. Old Coach Bombay is back because it's not, it's not, is it Jan and Hans? It's Jan and Hans are brothers. Hans went back to the old country yeah. and Jan's looking over the shop and he closed it for the first time in a decade. Yes. So old, Asshole. So old Coach Bombay is back and their star player has recovered in record time. But now they don't have a roster spot because of Russ Tyler. So Charlie Con Conway, like the main kid in these movies, he gives up his roster spot, proving he's the true team captain. He's going to have his own coaching shoe. Here in the start of the third period, what team is this? It's not Team USA. Well, yes, it is. They've got on new uniforms. They're wearing the logo of the Duck. I've never seen this before. Yeah, come on. Yeah. The Ducks meet Iceland in the final where they win in a shootout. Then they return to Minnesota and sing We Are the Champions around a campfire. Let's get on to characters. Emilio Estevez, or as I like to call him, Emilio Estevez. <laughs> As Coach Gordon Bombay. Catherine Urbe is Michelle McKay, the team tutor. Did she seem older than what she appeared? Yes. I feel like she could have she should have been 50. Yes. Joshua Jackson is Charlie. You know him from Pacey Witter. There you go. Probably Dawson's Creek. He was in a lot of stuff. He was, Fringe. He was on our podcast in Cruel Intentions. Yes, he was. I don't remember recording Cruel Intentions. God, it seemed like 20 years um, ago. 
Eldon Henson, his second appearance on the podcast, he was in our Halloween special last year, Idle Hands. He was in Daredevil. He is presented as being like a giant. He's not. He's small. He's a taller kid. Yeah. In this universe, yeah. but like he grew up to not be tall at all. Sean Weiss is Greg Goldberg. You can follow his troubles oh, online. He's clean now, though. He's gotten himself back yes. slowly. Matt Doherty is Lester Averman. Again, he looks 50 <laughs> as like he's a 50 year old teenager. He's the kid that doesn't fit in. Brandon. Adams is Jesse Hall. You'll see him in a bunch of stuff. Here's something I didn't know. I didn't either. Garrett Ratliff Henson as Guy Germain. He is Fulton Reed in real life. Eldon Henson's real brother. No, no, no idea. Did not know. And we've watched all of these movies, maybe not D3 as much, millions of times. Yeah. Never knew. They, they don't look remotely no. like. Maybe it's a stepbrother thing. Marguerite Moreau as Connie Moreau. She's oh, awesome. She's beautiful. She looks great. She, still, she's like, in her 50s, I think, she looks great. Vincent LaRusso, credited as Vincent A. LaRusso. Adam Banks doesn't look like a Vince LaRusso. He doesn't look like a LaRusso. He's not related to Daniel LaRusso. He also did not have much of a career. Columbia Jacobson as Julie the Cat Gaffney. Rookie of the Year. Yep, she was in Rookie of the Year. Aaron Lohr as Dean Portman. And he's married to Adele Dazeem. That's I'm, right, everybody. Let it go, Adina Menzel. So crazy. I so cannot random. believe that's, that's true. The let it go lady. Tyone. Neil's Dwayne Robertson. Keenan Thompson been on <laughs> SNL for 63 years. He was on all that. He's Russ Tyler. Mike Vitar as Luis Mendoza. Benny the Jet, Jet Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Scott White as Gunnar Stahl. Number nine at Team Iceland. This dude <laughs> was also in the third movie. It's another guy. Playing a different person. <laughs> at one point, they should have been like, Gunner? They're like, no. no he's like, Gunner. Who's Gunner? I'm Jack I'm Dalson. It's like, dude, you were so good in this movie. You didn't get your, so we're going to put you in the, in the next movie. You tell me that Icelandic accent wouldn't rocket him to the stars. A uh, bunch of cameos. Christy Yamaguchi, Greg Luganis, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Cam Neely, Chris Chelios, Luke Robitaille, Stephen Brill, Wayne Gretzky, and then The Departures. So Mighty Ducks players that were in the first movie, uh, not in one this out. one. Tammy Duncan, which she was a figure skater. Yeah. And they just, re they just did the same character but replaced her with Kenny Wu. Tommy Duncan, which is Pete from Pete and Pete. Yeah. You figure out which one. Terry Hall which was Jesse Jesse's Hall's brother. brother. Where's he at? They got in a fight. He was played by Jesse Smollett. Weird. Really? Yeah. Whoa, today's your old. Yeah, yep. Dave Karp, Peter Mark. Okay, if you remember the first movie, Peter Mark, I think he was legitimately four or five. Yeah. Like, that kid should not be on a hockey No, but break. he was like a, a, a goon street punk. But he was so small. Yeah, he Nobody, was, he's not kicking anybody's ass. They basically ass. replaced him with Dean Portman. Philip Banks, which... Was Philip Banks? Isn't it? It's Adam Banks' dad. Yeah. And then Hans, which he's dead. We, we discussed. Jim, which actor actress gives passable performance? So my overall winner is Gunnar Stahl, because I think fucking Gunnar is amazing. Gunnar. You lost it for me. You lost it for yourself. Let's go shake our hands. Good work, Captain Duck. Thanks, Gunner. He gets he, a character. He has like three lines, but he gets a character arc. He was that evil son of a bitch. He stood up for Julie the Cat Gaffney because he had a crush on her. And he got Wolf the Dennis Stanson well, to be in the line. The crush on Julie the Cat Gaffney was out of nowhere and a little weird. There was no preamble it to was it. It was just, just like, she stopped my shot. Yummy. Gunner's shot sucks. He you, stopped at like the blue line. Gordon Gordon tells him, triple deke. He's going to go glove side. She's like, what if he goes stick side? He's fancy. He'll go glove side. Julie. You got the fast glove. 
I know this kid's move. Triple deke, glove side. Anticipating him, you got it. What if he goes stick side? He's fancy. He'll go glove. Don't hesitate. Let's go. I'm expecting him to go come up the, to the net yeah, and juke her the third deke at the last moment and go glove side. No. He, he stops has, at the blue line. There's no, like Gordon should have said, <laughs> he's going to stop at the blue line and fire a slap shot. Come on, man. Makes, that's the worst shootout move ever. It makes no sense. Also, Julia Cat Gaffney kind of got fucking ruined, wrecked in this movie because she should have been in a lot more. She's like, oh, I have Gordon, major, I have I major want, issue. Yeah. I left my team to be here. Oh, you'll get your shot. Yes, I want oh, my, it's my e- shoe. It's even worse than that. It's even worse. Um, but so Gunner Stall thing, you know, when he tell the coach is like, you lost it for me, Gunner. And Gunner's like, you lost it for yourself. It's the worst accent. Yeah. It's Let's so go bad. shake their hand. <laughs> it's almost Jamaican German. I like all of Jamaican. them. Jamaican. I like uh, all of them. I think they're all, they honestly, they all give a pretty good performance. They do. I mean, for, for being kids, it's all, it's fun. It's believable. I'm convinced some of those members of team Iceland were not kids. Yeah. Especially one. Two minutes. Well worth it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to best scenes. All right. I, first, I'm going to say right off the bat, getting the team back together. So Coach Bombay, he gets Charlie first, who gets Jesse Hall. Well, it helped that he was banging his mom initially. Well, that's a big absence from this movie. Yeah. Gordon was was banging yeah. Charlie's, Charlie's mom. mom, but then where's Charlie's mom in this one? Yeah. And Charlie, Charlie almost seems to stay at Gordon somehow, sometimes. Uh, what is it with, fuck it, bringing it up now. What is it with Hans's hockey shop that is also a hostel? Like, <laughs> yeah. Gordon, Gordon somehow has no money, it is. sleeps there. It's like a house. Charlie sleeps yeah. there yeah so charlie gets jesse hall they pull an airborne they rollerblade through the mall which is awesome the mall of america it's amazing they get averman who works in a movie theater and conveniently has a change of clothes <laughs> he's the worst one of the team averman sucks yeah they get connie and Gee, who are on a date averman literally says the quack attack is back jack he's been watching too many hulk hogan matches obviously <laughs> hey brother charlie commits manslaughter he launches over a cement mixer <laughs> and in the process he knocks over a construction worker into a wheelbarrow who then gets covered in wet cement. On his face! On his face! He's fucking it's dead! Like swallowing wet cement. He's dead! He kills a guy. They get Goldberg from his parents' deli. Doesn't Goldberg it, later in the movie when they are like Charlie Conway, Duluth, Minnesota, Adam Banks, Minneapolis, Minnesota, when they do all that, doesn't Goldberg say he's from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? Yeah, he said he's, he's like Ron Hextall. So why do they own a deli in, in Minneapolis. Minneapolis unless they rollerbladed to Philadelphia <laughs> from Minnesota? So they get yeah, Goldberg from his parents' deli. They get Banks from his driveway. This is when the Hawks try to play a prank on them because there's still like a little reference to the Hawks. Ducks. Still can't believe they beat us last year. Well, let's do something about it. Same three kids. Same three kids where they say, like, I can't believe those guys beat us last year. They're 40 years old. Fulton Reed somehow apprehends them, makes them strip. He's a serial killer. You know what? Right off the bat, why does Fulton have some sort of weird voiceover going... One large order of shredded duck coming up. They won't know what hit him. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Who said that? I 
morning, guys. It's the good morning, guys. It's like the whole. It's like the go, jolly green giant. Yeah, thing. but he doesn't talk like that the rest of the he's time. He's five foot four. Just in that scene. <laughs> this leads the next, almost the next scene. There's one in scene in between, but then we get to meet our five new players. This is like right out of Little Giants. Luis Mendoza, very fast, can't stop. How is he a hockey player? You're telling me up to this point where he's going to be in the member of the Junior Goodwill Games for Team USA. Nobody has said, "Hey, this kid's fast." I, Never I been able logic to stop. Because I'm like, how could he even play a shift? He'd be exactly. on the, he'd be on the ice the whole time. He'd be on the ground. How has he failed upwards? So he's sort of like Hot Hands Heenan. Yeah. Because he, like Hot Hands Heenan can run the routes and all that shit and he can't catch. Luis can't stop. Dwayne Robertson, he's a cowboy. Incredible puck handling. Yeah. Julie the Cat Gaffney, a great goalie from Maine. Ken Wu, an Olympic figure skater who's just now starting hockey. And Dean Portman, a metalhead bully enforcer. And he's I feel like... Marty McSorley. Everyone went to school with one of these kids. Who oh. matured way too fast and was like an adult by high school? It's Dean Portman. That's Dean Portman. Like we all went to school with that. There guy. was a kid in my eighth grade class named JT. I'll never forget this. He was 22 years old in eighth grade. Oh no, 22. Why? He was Dean Portman because he always was fighting. He was fighting all the time. Never got Why expelled. Why did he quit? Why didn't he drop out? He did after my year when okay. we went to high school. He's like, I'm done. There was. I went to school with a couple people like that. One girl got married in middle school. She was 18, I think. She, she had her married. shit together. She came to middle school in a dress. Cool. Um, and then. And another kid could drive in middle school. They wouldn't let him because they were like, where the fuck are you going to park? Like you're, <laughs> you're in middle school. These teacher spots are occupied, yeah. kid. I mean, come on. Yeah. So just the introduction of all the players, like this movie is maybe what an hour 40 hour yeah. 30. Yeah. They, like the, the game against Iceland is the last 30 minutes of the movie. It's a lot. So it's almost a third of this movie. The first third of this movie is literally just like boom, 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 boom. It's just like Gordon played hockey, got hurt. <laughs> Hendrix hockey. Here's all the players. And then that's, that's it. It's like so fast. Yeah. So my first one talking about exposition and stuff, they kind of focus on this whole knuckle puck thing. What the heck kind of shot was that? Ah, hey, you like that, huh? Yeah. That's my knuckle puck. It's hard to be accurate, but it drives always crazy. That's 30 minutes of the entire movie is based on some sort of random thing where Russ Tyler puts the fucking puck on its side, on its side. And then for some reason, it turns into rest in peace, a Tim Wakefield knuckleball. I can't deal with the fact that everyone always other than Iceland at the end of the movie, they always just stand there and let him shoot the knuckle puck. Did you ever as a kid have like a street hockey? Like I had a street hockey goal. Oh, yeah, I had. And of course, when this movie came out, I was oh, like, yeah, let me try to knuckle puck. I'm like, it doesn't do any of no. that. It's curving. It's doing shit. Yeah. But it's not doing this weird shit. I never understood that. <laughs> we mostly played street hockey with a ball. Yeah. I mean, street hockey ball. Remember, like, there was a time, too, during that, like, early 90s street hockey phase where it would be a puck, but it'd have rolling yeah. balls on That's it. That's what they use in this movie. They have, like, ball bearings in the in the like, inner circle. How fucking not safe was yeah. that? Right. Jesus. Doesn't Wolf the Dennis Stanson seem like he's a villain plucked from an action movie? He seems like he would have been in a knockoff Bond yeah, movie. Yeah. A knockoff Bond or a diehard. Yeah. I like. I love when Gordon runs into him in the hallway, and he's so intense. We haven't formally met. I'm Gordon Bombay, coach of Team USA. I know my competition. I know you. Yeah, but do you know the real me? With all confidence, cocky, American. I like that. It'll make our triumph even more enjoyable. You triumph. Lighten up a little bit. We're all just here to have a little fun, right? Don't you worry. We will. We will. 
because Gordon's so chill. Gordon tries to like lighten the mood and make jokes. I love when I love when they're doing the Hendrix press conference and then they just stroll up. Yeah. Nobody knows to the team dressed all in black and he's like, Tim, y'all say it's going down. That's where you're going. <laughs> he's not like Van Damme. Would you, would you like to play some video games? <laughs> Could you imagine if it was Van Damme? I, I, it might as well be. I mean, I wouldn't miss this press conference for a second. It would have been the fucking greatest. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, <laughs> this guy I thought had a, like a big career. Oh, he's, no. no, he's incredible. He's awesome. So Where's then, Karsten Norgard so now? At the, so after Gordon finds himself again, Mom Spaghetti, he um, or that's when he lost himself. I'm sorry. Vomit on the sweater though. He decided he vomited all over his, his Mighty Ducks sweater. <laughs> Hendrix. Um, he decides last practice we're gonna hit a, a beach ball with hockey sticks i don't listen motherfucker and i agree with team iceland here it's like we have the rink yeah what are you assholes doing right, we're- i get it you finally had an awakening you're not coach blood anymore play time is over we have the ice now you and your little rink rants must leave we're right here coach the only thing little was your career in the pros <laughs> Gordon, no. let's go or at least they had a shot. I was there. You were a disgrace. All right, team, we're out of here. Let's go, I said. Come on. You can still move on the ice? Well, please, play a little with me. Show me that famous triple deek you your daddy told you. Or was it that old geese over there? Listen, first off, they don't have skates on. They're just running around the ice. Not safe. Yes. And then you're just going to kick one beach ball around. I don't. What is the you might as well just fuck around, play hockey. Why don't they just go to Russ Tyler's place and just play fucking street hockey? I remember when I played soccer and like every once in a while, the coaches would be like, let's have a fun day. We do shit like shootouts. Wall and ball. We do like, yeah, we do wall ball. Like we'd still play soccer, but just like drills, like fun drills. You made all that Hendrix money and you could only afford one beach ball. One beach ball. So so anyway, Wolf the Dentist stands in which double nickname. I love it. Wolf first name. The Dentist, the dentist Stanson. Stanson. He uh he shows up, he pops their beach ball, and Ooh. and then he's like, oh, fuck you, Gordon Bombay. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Gordon Bombay. Well, that's the Italy coach. Uh <laughs> Goldberg at one point is making just like straight up racist remarks to the yes. Italian players. Yes. He's calling them like meatballs and fucking who knows what else. <laughs> Talking about their greasy mustache. I guess he gets away because he's Italian. Maybe. He's allowed. I don't think he is. He's Goldberg. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> his parents are to Delhi. He's not Luigi Goldberg. Uh, yeah. So anyway, sorry, St- Stanton people. pops the beach ball and then he tells Gordon, he's like, let's play a game, whatever. Of one on one. They play three bar, oh, okay. which Gordon picks the game. He began it got real violent. It does. It gets real violent. <laughs> Stanton nearly kills him. He pulls the um Marty McSorley. Marty McSorley and and swings the Todd Bertuzzi. Swings the stick at uh Gordon's knee. I would have understood if at the beginning of the movie, like he was playing in like the minor leagues. Yeah. And he did that yeah. to his knee. And then he took that shot to his knee better than a phantom shot he took to his knee that ruined his career. He got up checked in the upper body against the boards and he blew his knees. Yeah. Down. So the other weird thing about this scene that makes me question a lot of things is that Gordon before he meets Stanton in the hallway and has that intense scene where Stanton's like not buying into Gordon's charm Gordon meets the Iceland trainer okay, there's another angle where and it's like they, he meets the Iceland trainer one they, and done they go get ice cream the kids are pissed about it because Portman and, and Fulton Reed see it it's a traitor wait a minute I thought Iceland was covered with ice Iceland no it's very green I thought Greenland was green Greenland is covered with ice, and Iceland is very nice. Ah. I imagine it to be like Minnesota, where you're from. 
How do you know where I'm from? I've asked around. Okay. <laughs> We're hanging with the Iceland lady. We saw you two Saturday night. Eating ice cream with the enemy, huh, coach? Yeah, he's a traitor. First off, I love it. They're just having it. They're coming out. They notice they hide behind a small tree. Yeah. And then she's like, Greenland has ice in Iceland. It's very nice. I think we knew that in third grade. Yes. I think that's Gordon, what are you doing? Knowledge. And then if I'm Fulton and I'm fucking Portman, wouldn't I have been like, coach? Yeah, I would have walked fuck. over there and been like, what are you doing? Fuck yeah. Well, Portman and Fulton Reed are too busy trying to talk to those girls. And Fulton Reed, because he's like, go talk to him, go talk to him. And Fulton says, ladies, nice night for a stroll, huh? <laughs> and he's like, nice one, dude. Good job. Get in my van. Um, <laughs> Free candy. Um, so. Yo. But anyway, after the date, they just, they never resolve that. Gordon goes on a date with her. There's no animosity or anything. And then she just heel turned. But then she's like cheering on when Gordon gets hit with the stick. The Bash Brothers, which is Fulton Reed, Deed Portman, in their final game with Iceland in the finals, they just decide to go game misconduct and just take off their hats, their shirts get the crowd amped up in the middle of a championship game they decide to pull that stunt and for some reason crowd loves it bombay really doesn't have a problem with it Can somebody explain to me why in God's name would you do something like that? I get it. You're in a championship game. I get it. Your kids, Dean Portman, probably 25 years old. But why are you just acting like that? You are in the middle of fucking battle. And you're going to start. I'm surprised they just whipped their dicks out and go, hey, look at this quack attack shit. I'm shocked they didn't. Why? Fucking it's hockey, not cocky. <laughs> All right. My, my last one I'll mention. The goalie. <laughs> he gave it to the goaltender, Goldberg. Wait, it's not Goldberg. The swiss! Here, take it, thanks. The goalie! Tyler with it. Tease up the puck. With the knuckle puck. When Russ scores the tying goal. That's not even legal what they the did. Knuckle, not at all because <laughs> so Stanton's losing it. So Russ can't get the knuckle puck off, which apparently the knuckle puck is just like an unstoppable. It's a sure goal if he gets it off. Guaranteed. So Russ can't get the knuckle puck off because every time he tries to fucking flip the puck on its side, four Iceland players come sliding in and block it. Done. So they go huddle, and I don't know if they switch jerseys or just helmets or what. It was the jerseys. But they somehow they sneak Russ Tyler into goal. First off, I feel like you'd have to report a goalie change. Um, Yeah. You'd have to tell the refs there's been a change of goalie for the Ducks. Kevin, I need to be, we need to be completely transparent and obvious here. I know he's wearing a helmet. <laughs> Greg Goldberg is a white kid. Russ Tyler, full disclosure, not a white kid. Yeah. And the ref, I'd be like, wait a minute. Yes. He's not that fat. So Russ Tyler, then they do the flying V. There's yeah. like 30 seconds left, which is a bullshit. They're down, move. They're down four, three. I think it is. Yeah. And they do the flying V, which makes no sense. They pass it back to the goalie. He flips his helmet off and then he switches sticks. He passes it back to Goldberg. He flips the helmet, switches sticks. Then he flips the puck on its side to do the knuckle puck. Iceland's allowing them to do all of this. They're just standing there. He's just standing there. And you figure if while, they just mess it. Off 
his helmet. He's switching sticks. He shoots the knuckle puck from gotta be mid-line, mid-ice, and he scores. But then they go to a shootout, which you know they're going to win. It ends with Julie the Cat Gaffney getting the save against Gunnar Stahl, which we mentioned. Who hasn't played one second in a tournament. She has not played one second, but she gets to be the hero and save Gunnar's ridiculous penalty shot from the blue line. Could there have been a love angle there that they cut out and that's why they brought Julie in to defend Gunner? Maybe. I, I haven't watched Mighty Ducks Game Changers, but I know like Connie and Guy now have three kids. Okay. But I wonder if like on Mighty Ducks Game Changers that like Julie married Gunner Stahl and they live in Maine. They'd be like, wait a minute. Didn't you go to that college we didn't went you go to? to Eden Lake Academy? <laughs> the Eden Lake Ducks. So my last one, the ending of this movie is very anticlimactic. It is. If you compare it to the first movie, Charlie gets a triple deke, they win. And it's fucking just awesome. I remember being an 11 year old kid, be like just going into movie theaters, yelling, screaming, going up at, I was like genuinely excited here. They win the junior Goodwill games. Big fucking deal. Okay. My big thing is they win, they get whatever. And then you hear Gordon go, all right, ducks. We're going home. Are you telling me that they brought yes. the other five yes. members? They moved to Minnesota? Te- from Texas, from Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Why? Did they adopt them? <laughs> what is that? There are no parents in this movie. None. They're dead. None of them come to LA to adopted. see their kids play. Yon adopted them. Um, they live at the fucking There's so place. many unresolved storylines that they see. It's like lost. They set up so many storylines that they don't resolve. What happens to Gordon with Hendrick's hockey? He lights his own standee on fire. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm done with all that stuff. But then the guy from Hendrix Hockey is still there and he's fine with all Michael that. Tucker. It's the guy from Hendrix Hockey who's pushing him to do all this stuff. Remember he got real pushy with him. It's yeah. like, that's what you can't. Don't well, they like lose. losers here. Gordon. Yeah. How bad is your sponsorship company that you're dependent upon a head coach of a junior Goodwill it's Games team? Very predatory and weird. They even compared it to Pat Riley. Pat Riley. Bear Bryant. What? Yeah. He's the Minnesota miracle man. Yeah. I thought that was Mike Madonna. All right. Let's uh, get out of the pool. Hey, you know what we're going to do? Guys, we're going to rally. We're going to do the flying V and then we're going to do the knuckle puck. And guess what we're going to do after that? We're going to fucking quack. All right. This week, we have a kind of a special pool check for you. Yeah. We are going to be discussing the greatest NHL logos of all time. Some great ones, man. I'll give you a hint in my list. I think most modern sports logos suck. Yep. Modern logos have too many focus groups just to come up with like a logo stripped away of any personality. So not to go on a tangent, but today I got a call from a customer in in what I do and something he purchased. He told me the black is too black. (laughs) I want more. He said, I want more of a brown black. And I said, I wanted to say, well, when it's brown, black, it's no longer black and it's brown. And it reminds me of when the Browns did their, what is it? 2014 rebrand. Literally, people were like, oh, they're getting new helmets, new logos, new uniforms. It's more orange. The orange is oranger. Yeah. That's what it was. The orange is oranger. So those lasted four years. So, yeah, basically all modern logos are like stripped away of any personality. Everything's just a clean, simple version of a classic logo with any of the heart removed from the original. The Carolina Panthers logo comes to mind. Or again, when the Browns did a logo design contest this year for the dog to come up with that thing, that abomination that they have. Yeah, too many sight points. Yeah, so we are going to give you our favorite NHL logos of all time. I have the years in which they used the particular logos. Jim Hoot, do you want to go first? So my number five, we're kicking it off with the 1981 used one season. 
the 1981 Winnipeg Jets logo. Now, what I love about this logo specifically is it almost has that 70s yes. thick font to it. So you have the Jets, the J, as a hockey stick, which is great. The E, the T, and the S. Like I said, 70s. It's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Inflated, almost looking logo with Winnipeg under it, but very like small to meet the curve of the Jets logo. And then in blue and red, just a simple, almost like a passenger jet. It's simple. It screams the era in which it's in i love it if you look at the the winnipeg jets logo now not the biggest fan of it why, i'm glad they brought any the team idea back. why they only use that for one season i just think they ended up changing the color scheme in 82 i remember they also did an offset of this logo in black and gold okay. which is pretty cool yeah but then they kind of de-70-fied it and made it more of an eight. I guess that's a bad term. But as we can see here from it on, they eliminated the jet yeah. and they kind of just made it more streamlined. But okay. yeah, the 81 Winnipeg Jets. My number five, I'm going Phoenix Coyotes 96 to 2003. That's which, my number three. Which this one is so polarizing. I mean, I have that jersey. Putting, do you? Yeah, I do. Who do you have? It's a reversible. It's one of those reversibles oh. where you have the away in the back and the, yeah. I mean, putting a hockey team in Phoenix is already polarizing. And then making this logo, which is not only such a departure from what most NHL logos ever looked like, it was like a departure from sports logos in general. It was. It was very wacky. Very 90s. It was a, like a Native American themed coyote on skates with a stick. Five colors in the logo. Yeah. Which is it's a nuts. lot. That's a, a lot. lot. Normally you're like three max or sometimes you'll do the black and white. This logo, very strange. I loved it. I was like, because every time in my lifetime when like expansion teams show up, they always just like swing for the fences. Like yeah. think about the Vancouver Grizzlies, the oh, Toronto those Raptors. Are those were amazing. All the original, like when these, they're just over the top and crazy. The Tampa Bay Lightning, not so much. No. Not at all. And they've never tried to get weirder. No, I don't know if Tampa Bay will come up. It's always pretty much the just Vegas in. Golden Knights. Yeah. Well, kind of. It's just a Centurion helmet. Well, but it's isn't it an LV or yeah. something? There's but like they a, don't use the L. So right. No well, sense. or it's just a V on the mask. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right, Jim, you're number four. Real quickly. You remember where the Coyotes originated from, right? Uh, which team were they? Winnipeg. Okay. They were, they the, were Winnipeg. They were the Jets. So and then perfect. They created the Atlanta franchise out of thin blue. And then Atlanta went to Winnipeg. Oh, okay. Was it? Yeah, Nashville's still around, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. See, we're casual fans, folks, pulling the shit out of our ass. The OG 1993 Anaheim Mighty Ducks, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. My number one logo. It's so incredible. Like, whoever designed that logo should be put on the Mount Rushmore design. Nothing needs to be said. My favorite sports logo of all time. It's a goalie mask in the shape of a cartoon duck. Simple. And that rules. It's awesome. Two years ago, I think it was, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, Anaheim Ducks now, they do throwbacks, but they still use the current team colors, which are black, tan, and like bright construction orange. Yeah. So they do the Ducks, the Mighty Ducks logo, but with like orange. Which is awesome. Yeah. I love the fact that the NHL will take a swing on the alternate jerseys. Yeah. They the, always the do The alternates that. are always great. No other league seems to want to do that anymore. I mean, the NBA is slowly well, doing it. Two or three years ago, they did, they allowed all the teams to use their classic logos, but some teams don't have classic no. logos but they just made them. So like Columbus had this really awesome throwback uniform yeah. that had the just, cannon on it. Awesome. But it's smart. Whoever was at the NHL front offices go, man, we can make some fucking extra money if we just allow these logos to come back. My number four, Minnesota Wild, 2000 to present. There has been no need to change this one because it's really great. It's a silhouette of a wild animal while also being a forest landscape. The animal's eye is a North Star. So a tribute to the Minnesota North Star. 
stars, also in reference to the state's motto, the Star of the North. The animal's mouth is a river, and then there's some trees and the sun. The color combos are great, but it loses points because what is the animal? I have absolutely no idea. It's a if, bullshit animal. If this is supposed to be a cat or a bear or An what amalgamation of what two. exactly animal is that? I'm I, not sure. Could be a panther for but all it's, we know. It's a really great logo. Like I really like it a lot. It might be like a saber tooth tiger. They introduced a mascot named Nordy in 2008, and it kind of looks like Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> So I don't know what it's supposed to be. Remember the one thing that always used to upset me because I was on again, off again, a Minnesota North Stars fan, yeah. basically because of the first Mighty Ducks movie. But what upset me is when they moved to Dallas, they just became the Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars, they got rid of the North Stars. Makes sense. It makes sense, but it was an easy transfer. It's like drop North. Better than Dallas South Stars. <laughs> That's when the team breaks up. They have a civil war. Why were they the Dallas Lone Stars? How fucking amazing would that have been? That would have been cool. That would have been cool. Just change it to Dallas Lone Stars instead of... And then they could add a picture of Bill Pullman in Spaceballs, and that's the third logo. So your Schwartz is almost as big as mine. I have a huge Schwartz. You have to just scrub through the Shire to find it. My number three is, of course, like I said, the original Phoenix Coyotes logo. Okay. My number three, I'm picking a twofer. You son of a bitch. San Jose Sharks, 91 to 2007. Oh, yeah. And San Jose Sharks. 2008 to present 91 to 07 half of a black shark swimming out of an upside down triangle biting a hockey stick in with that teal too man their teal green colors unbeatable oh then in 2008 they updated the logo to be both more simple and more complex instead of like the rigid perfect all sides triangle they bent the top angle of the um of the triangle so and then it it just works so much better with like the fins and then the angle of the shark kind of changed to be more towards the viewer and the shark now has some of that green on it instead of being solid black but then they made the hockey stick more cartoony sort of like Casey Jones hockey stick so like more sort of a realistic logo but then a more cartoon hockey stick San Jose Sharks awesome everything about their marketing is awesome to me it's that teal like that teal is second to none it's the best I know there's the Florida Panthers but if they ever had like a Miami franchise and you wanted to do the Miami Vice that teal would be legit a pink and teal team incredible I wish they did that at inner Miami. So my number two is by far one of my favorite logos. It's a team that I would love to see come back, but market wise, I don't think they could because of the money involved. It's the Hartford Whalers that oh. end up transferring to Carolina and becoming the Hurricanes. But that original Hartford Whalers logo, so simple. It's a green W and the top of that W is literally a whale tail that's blue. But the thing is, so this was 79 to 97. Yeah. One of the all time great sports logos in general. Mm-hmm. You get the team color. Oh, yeah. But then not only is it a W, the H, H, it's a negative space Uh, H. Genius. It's so good. Especially when the logo is all white with the green background. Yeah, so it's you get the negative space H, the W, and the whale tail. It's so clean and simple. But see, not clean and simple the way that modern logos are. This logo, unbeatable. You know what's great about Hartford? And maybe we'll talk about this. We're foreshadowing a little bit. But they were one of those team friends franchises that had a specific organ song. Yeah. And I didn't know this till later on in life. That's the Hartford Whalers song. Uh It's incredible. Hartford, we want you back. My number one is... Oh, the Mighty Ducks? Mighty Ducks. Okay, so my number one are my favorite gem, 
of all time, my favorite hockey team that I play in NHL 94, the Quebec Nordiques, that fucking logo. All of a sudden, when I was a kid, I thought a Nordique, is that French for elephant? Because for the longest time, <laughs> I thought it was an elephant. Yeah. I love it. It's gorgeous. But again, my problem with this, I never knew what it was. I didn't either. It's a Canadian it thing. It took me research for a long time to yeah. know it's an igloo. Yeah. So it's an N that's also an igloo, Blue. but Nordique literally translates to Nordics. Yeah. So they live in igloos. It's asking a lot it's of a of the viewer. I have a Joe Sackett Quebec Nordiques jersey. They use the fleur de lis a lot, yeah. which it's French, yeah. but that's that one city, that one franchise that I think the NHL needs to have come back because look at the amount of merch yeah. when Colorado does that as their third alternate jersey, how much that sells in that Colorado avalanche color. Incredible. They sh- Another they blue that's great. have taken Canadian hockey out of Canada. Like, you know what hurt the most though with that? They go to Colorado. They win the Stanley Cup that yeah. year. Even worse. Yep. So honorable mentions, New Jersey Devils, 82 to present. Like oh. like the Whalers, team colors, an N and a J for New Jersey, devil horns and a devil tail. Dude, pretty, when they had that green jersey with the red, yeah. god damn. Pretty rad. No need to change it after 40 years. Washington Capitals from 95 to 2007. Okay, I was going to say. They play in Washington, D.C. They're named the Capitals. So they went with an eagle in flight, fine. But it was outlined in blue with gold stars, like gold stars on its wings, but not red, white, and blue. Now, they do wear red, white, and blue, and they traditionally wore red, white, and blue. But just for that, we talked about off the air last week when the Pistons rebranded to that teal. Yeah. With like fire and shit. Did not like it. A horse breathing fire it was crazy yeah but that's what logos were at the time this is kind of what the washington capitals did and it was a very mid 90s rebrand colorado avalanche yep. the alternate from 96 to 2015 it's a big hairy foot yeah that's it and when your team names the avalanche i mean it's sort of like the lightning you can only do so much snow and ice why not incorporate a yeti but not the whole yeti a foot just a foot yeti the current avalanche logo though fucking sucks. It's shit. It's a perfectly round letter C with the middle circle of the C colored blue. No charm to it at all. Nope. I think teams are just like, we don't want to be polarizing. We want to do the most simple thing possible. Like the Cleveland Guardians. You have a chance to it's rebrand with some crazy like logo or and something. it's literally the Indians font. Yeah, it's just a C. It's like, dumb. it's not great. No. A logo that grew on me, 93 to 2016 Florida Panthers logo. Excellent. Straight on Lee cat entire cat yeah never thought it was that great until you look back on it now and it's there's great. just like a great nostalgic feel because normally like you get either a side view a lot of football and helmets like the detroit lions like leaping but you don't usually or the original jacksonville jaguars with the leaping cat but this cat's leaping straight at us it's like a weird it's like a myspace angle we have to mention it I'm, i was gonna say i'm waiting i think this might be the one detroit red wings uh, that was not the one they've had the same logo for 75 years i guess if it broke don't fix it yeah 75 years a a winged wheel it's just red and white i think we would be improper if we did not mention the alternate now i love the original the original new york islanders logo is tremendous that rebrand they did in the mid 90s with the fishermen that pissed off so many people but now looking back 30 years it's nostalgia amazing it's a little weird to mention 
Chicago Blackhawks logo. Yeah, same. Because they still do it. No penguins there, Kev. Um, no penguins, but I think it was like the Robo 94 Penda? penguins. The Robo Penguin? No. The triangle with the... Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that one. That, that logo's great. Yeah, it's I love it. Because it's, it's in the triangle. It's got the, the lines, the steps shaved yep. out of it. It looks pretty rad. Yeah, I mean, we could probably talk about logos all day. We could do this for every sport as well. We could, yeah. But instead, let's freeze. Let's unfreeze the ice. Get back. And- all right, here we come. The MVP of the Mighty Ducks. Let's throw it out to your employee of the month. Les Averman, you fucking suck. <laughs> You accurately predicted the critical question. Oh, really? I don't know if we'll ever cover one or three, but across the three movies, who gets the team award for being the Mighty Ducks MVP? Oh, across the three. All three movies. I guess it has to be Charlie Conway, right? Even though in the second he had a diminished role? I don't think so. I, Fulton Reed? I think it's Russ Tyler. The Mighty Ducks' biggest accomplishment was winning the Junior Goodwill Games. It's true. That never happens without Russ Tyler. You're right. I mean, yeah. truly. Coach, Coach, I know with Banks out, we got a roster slot open. Yeah. You know how I was told you I'd make a better coach than a player? I did some scouting for us. Come on in. Russ Tyler, Coach Bombay. Hiya, Coach. Russ Tyler, huh? Oh, Russ, what can you do for the team? You never heard of my knuckle puck? Knuckle puck? No. If it wasn't for a shot. I mean, Charlie does play into that because he gives up his spot so Russ can play. But if it wasn't for Charlie in the first movie, they don't end up going to the Junior Goodwill games. And then he becomes a coach. I mean, okay, so you think any of these kids went on to the NHL or to do anything with hockey? The only one that I think could remotely be close, and they kind of force-feed it to you, is Adam Banks. It's Banks. It's Banks. That's it. I don't... Maybe Fulton Reed at a semi-pro level? Well, you know what I was thinking of, and I guess because I equate the movies, is... Is the kid who plays Jesse Hall was in Sandlot. Yes, he was. And Same the, with yeah. So was betting the Jet Rodriguez. Yeah. But in the Sandlot, the kid who plays Jesse Hall, he wants to be a pro baseball player, but he never makes it past. I think it's like triple A. Yeah. And so in this movie, I kind of think the same thing. Like maybe Jesse Hall made it to minor league hockey or something, or he's like elite NCAA, like for Michigan Tech. Or something like that. Any guesses what any of the Mighty Ducks grew up to do? Connie Moreau. Well, I, no, we didn't watch Game Changers because I think it does cover some of them this, as adults. Did that, was that just like one series? Two and seasons. That, okay. What was canceled. that on Disney Plus Disney or something Plus. like that? I'm going to watch it. What more can you, I don't have Disney Plus, but what more could you do? I mean, there's really not. I, I just, I see like Averman grows up as like an accountant. Or he buys a movie theater. Goldberg takes over his parents' deli. deli. Well, I mean, then he used the money from the deli to use nefarious things. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I'm not sure what any of them do. But Fulton Reed, I look at Fulton Reed to possibly be, and I'm pulling this name out of my ass, folks, because maybe I'm not so casual, an ally of Frady, like St. Louis yeah. Blues defender and can hit the puck 130 miles an Ray, hour. Ray Bork. Yeah. Oh, good call. Um, all right. Well, somebody should not be on the Mighty Ducks or anywhere near them. David McCall. Hey, guys, can you believe this? They gave me a hockey stick and I have a criminal record. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm not only going to learn the knuckle puck. I'm going to earn a move, too. You know what it's going to call it? It's the fucking kill you, Puck. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. He's going to slash somebody's throat with a skate. Hey, Julia Cacaphony, if you try to stop my fucking putt, I'm going to slash your throat. <laughs> um, so, speaking of Russ Tyler, there's there's no way they can add a player mid-tournament. You're not allowed! He was never on any roster, but just halfway through the tournament, they're just like, hey, let's let Russ Tyler play. Could Russ even skate on ice? 
No. It's not the same as rollerblades. It's not at all. Also, his parents can't like seem to be bothered to come watch him. There's no parents. Because at least Russ lives in LA. The rest of them would have had to have dropped like taking time off work true. to come from Minnesota, Los Angeles. But Russ Tyler lives in Los Angeles. Could this be a reverse children of men where all the parents died off and it's just the kids to survive? Absolutely. That's definitely what happened. I think it is. It's, it's an alternate ch- universe. Children of ducks. Yes. It's Earth 5 and the ducks reign supreme. In the final, Russ removes his helmet. But if you've played any hockey in youth hockey, if a helmet's removed, blow the whistle automatically plays dead. So I just, they threw everything out the window for this. It's like, fuck it. It's Disney. And why why do the Mighty Ducks just get to be Team USA by default? They're the USA Ducks. They add a handful of players, but like realistically, Banks is probably the only player worthy of Team USA. First off, that slash he took, I think it would have been sweeter if it chopped off his hand. Well, because that was Jesus Christ, dude. I, I have that down here. Hold on a second. It's fucking S- nuts. Sanderson would probably get criminal charges. Yeah. He, yeah, that's, yeah. he takes his stuff and he goes, first of all, Swedish yeah. people go, yeah, not Icelandic yeah. people. He hits Banks with a stick like McSorley or Todd Bertuzzi. Sit down. He probably gets charges. It should. It's going to do more than a fucking brew. It's going to shatter. I got a ton here, Kevin. Yeah. So my first one off the bat, and I'm going to say this vociferously and very audibly. It's the Junior Goodwill Games, not the Olympics. There are news features. They're featured on the front of USA Today, not just the sports section. Hey, listen, fucking Kosovo is happening. Clinton's doing stuff. But no, center stage, Gordon Bombay reunites the Ducks to go represent Team USA. And here's the thing. Why? Yes. <laughs> this, this, it's not Michael Phelps getting 23 gold medals. This junior is, Goodwill Games. It's the Junior Goodwill Games. It wouldn't even be on TBS. Not, not even Junior Olympics. Or no. Junior Goodwill Games. No. It's not going to be mentioned on ESPN. No, no, but USA Today and goddamn Gordon Bombay. He's the upcoming Pat Riley. Yes. And again, they beat Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. Italy. Yeah. Teams that don't even have hockey. First off, they should have beat Trinidad and Tobago 58 (laughs) nothing because I don't think they've ever had a hockey team. Gordon Bombay's career makes no sense. If you watch Mighty Ducks 3, he hated playing for Eden Hall and he quit hockey, which is how he ended up with a law career. How much time did he take off before he was able to make a minor league hockey team? How bad is that minor league that he was able to just like take a minimum of at least a few years off and then just make Make the team and then it's like on his way to the NHL. He hasn't played hockey in like eight years. Here's what I don't get to. How much money are you making on that minor league contract? I don't nothing. So I'm a I'm probably living with a host family. I'm assuming he sold off everything. So when he comes back after his injury, is it maybe he didn't have insurance, so he had to pay everything he had? Is that why he's living at Hans's skate I don't shop? Know. Like, why would they even look at him for a tryout? Hey Gordon, who's your last team? Eden Hall Academy, and I dropped out. This is what I don't get. The Ducks are such a prominent team. Gordon Bombay, people no, yeah. Gordon, he would be on fucking Mount Minnesota Rushmore. Minnesota Miracle Man. People have to be following him in Minnesota. Like, yeah. oh, it's Gordon. That's our guy. It's Gordon Bombay. Yeah. If you know he had a devastating injury, don't you think somebody would be like, hey, Gordon, we got you. Yeah. We'll take care of you. Not sleep on a cot in well, Hans' skate shop. He would have never made it in the NHL. He's five again, nothing. He meets actual NHL players. I think it's Chris Chelios, Cam Neely, and, and Luke Robitaille. He's at least a foot shorter than him. Yeah. And again, casting issue, he's barely bigger than Chris Yamaguchi. Yeah, he's Warwick Davis next 
worse than Christy Yamaguchi. No offense to Warwick Davis. He's amazing. Yeah. But Willow ain't his fucking left winger, okay? Here's one thing. What's the purpose of the random fashion show? When I, that's on my next thing. Rodeo Tribe? It's so uncomfortable to watch now as an adult. Are we to believe, and this is kind of what I got from it, that somehow they finagled their way into a Rodeo Drive, but Dwayne thinks that it's Rodeo Drive. Yeah. I don't know. It's Rodeo Drive. So somehow they finagled their way into saying they're Aaron Spelling's nephews yes. or grandkids, whatever. They allude to it. They allude to Uncle it. Uncle Aaron will be upset. First of all, it's an all-female store. Yeah. They're sitting down and just with, ran- with models on hand with models on hand because, you know, they work there. The labor is good enough that models can work there. So they sit there and the woman who owns the place decides, hey, we'll gussy him up and show you what you can wear. And then Goldberg at the end goes. Well, gentlemen, did you see anything you liked? You know, I got to be honest. My mom really needs a bikini. You know what? This is what I'm interested in. Maybe a bikini. Are we to think that they came in there thinking this is a great way to see naked women? Yes. They thought it was a titty bar. Yes. It's wow. so strange because he's like, I want to buy something for my mom. And they show him a bunch of clothes and he's like, you know what? I'm thinking sleazy lingerie. <laughs> Kitty. My mom's fucking hot. She's a little thick. Triple C thick. We saw a license plate on the way back from Tennessee that was thick. T-H-I-Q-U-E. Whoa, yeah. I've never seen I was that. trying to keep up with her because I was like, I got to see thick. Now, there, there's levels of thickness. I'm like double C, triple C, quad C thick. I think that's the ultimate. But T-H-I-Q-U-E, that's beyond four C well, thick. Well, Q is like Dairy Queen upside down blizzard thick. <laughs> <laughs> the most embarrassing thing that they make you do. And upside down for you. I'm like, no, please don't. Now, is the premise of the Dairy Queen blizzard is if they flip it upside down and it comes out, it's free, right? I think you have to eat it off the floor. Here's what I don't get. If I go to pick up a blizzard, they shove it in a bag. So if they tip it upside down, it just falls in the bag. Yeah. I just have a shit bag blizzard. I just, I don't, don't show me. I'm because like, what are you supposed to do? Uh-huh. I feel like, like I feel like, are they going to fucking fire the girl if she to, fucked it up? You have to make eye contact with them. So they're like, and upside down. She whispers to you or holds up a note. I'm going to get, I'm going to get a fast food job and I'm going to show everything upside down be like, I thought that's how you did it. It's Derek. Here's your Taco here's Bell your, box. Here's your soda. Yeah, upside down. Here's your grande meal. Upside down. Uh, so why does the guy from Hendrix Hockey have so much like carte blanche to hire the coach to Team USA? He's the same size as Gordon Bombay. What exactly is it that you want, Mr. Tibbles? I want you, Gordon. I want the next coach of Team USA to become a household name. I want you to become synonymous with winning and winning to become synonymous with Hendrix. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you're joking, right? I mean, this is a joke. It's no joke. This is the real thing, Gordon. You want me to coach Team USA? Your friend Jan's been pitching you for months. Gordon, what you did with the Ducks there was magic. And we, and by we, I mean Hendricks Hockey, the Junior Goodwill Games, and your country need that magic. That's the equivalent of like Nike deciding a next college football. Actually, that kind of writes itself because I think that's happened. Then yeah. Nike's decided who they want to be a coach. But yeah, this guy from Hendricks Hockey, you don't work for USA Hockey. You work for Hendricks, a brand that's sponsoring all this stuff. They are so offended that the hockey jerseys, the Team USA hockey jerseys have Hendricks on it. They're on the forearm. They're not yeah. all over. They're not no. peppered. And another thing too, and I've said this, why does he compare Gordon Bombay to Pat Riley, Bear Bryant, and Mike Dicka? Yeah. 
What so has he weird. done except win a Pee Wee Hockey? There That's are it. thousands of Pee Wee Hockey teams across the nation. Well, you know, like they could have passed a few years and been like Gordon after winning three consecutive undefeated yeah. Pee Wee Hockey, whatever he went on to play. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Kevin, I've talked about this in the past and we brought this up on plenty of podcasts. I'm trying to remember now. Remember I said justice for um, who was the character I said they got a, a bad rap uh, sports movie. Shit. What was it? Forget it. This is CNN Breaking News. Pool Sceners editing Jim here. Kevin and I didn't realize this until we did the post-game wrap-up. I'm trying to talk about Bob Morton from RoboCop, not a sports star. We said previously that Bob Morton, all he wanted to do was build a RoboCop, something better than what his boss could do. That was it, and he seemed to become a full-fledged heel over it. But yeah, justice for Bob Morton. This is CNN Breaking News. However, you give Gordon Bombay one, one peewee hockey championship. By all rights, it should be justice for Coach Riley. How many championships did the Hawks win? 500 in a row, except for the one Bombay didn't yeah. win for him. Why isn't Coach Riley Why aren't the, the Hawks? Exactly. Why aren't the Hawks team USA? It's not worth winning, Kevin, if you can't win big. Yeah. Seven of the Mighty Ducks were from the Twin Cities in Minnesota. The new recruits are from non-traditional hockey hotbeds, Texas, Florida, California. Dean and Julie from Illinois and Maine. Those are accurate, both good hockey states. But yeah, Texas, Florida, California, just for some representation. Here's another thing, too, and I noticed it's a throwaway thing. So Les works at the movie theater in Mall of America. Yeah. Would his name tag not say Les and not Averman? Does it say Averman? It just says Averman, not Les, not Les Averman. It just says Averman. Well, does he have close friends at the movie theater? Just, uh, just put Averman on My it. first job, my name tag said nope, because, <laughs> uh, and people used to think it was like no pay and yeah, because and all those other things. Yeah. When I look at you, I think no pay. No pay. Yeah. Well, I, I did get no pay because no pay. I made like five fifteen an hour. Yeah. They put the worst possible picture on the cover of the Wheaties box. It's like a potato quality of the team <laughs> and their warmups looking like they weren't expecting a photo to be taken. It's so bad. It's uh, Charlie and Michelle both concerned or disappointed about the Team USA jerseys. When they first unveil the box full of Team USA jerseys and Charlie's like, I got a bad feeling about this. I don't really, we're the ducks. Really? Like, no, you're not. You're Team USA. You're Team U Is he that dumb? Nice, coach, but we're ducks. This stuff says Hendrix all over it. Well, yeah, they're our sponsors, Charlie. So what? Can't we be USA ducks? Or at least keep our own colors. It's business stuff, Charlie. Don't worry about it. How dumb is he? And it's, here's it's weird to be the Docs. You're Team USA. Here's the thing. Here's another thing when it comes to their notoriety. So Gordon has gone MIA. We don't know where Gordon oh, yeah. is. And all of a sudden, the ref's like, Ducks, you need a coach. You're forfeiting yeah. this game. That referee has refed every one of those games in a tournament. He knows who the Ducks yes. are. He knows who fucking Michelle is. All of a sudden, he goes up, Miss McKay, Miss McKay, you need to coach. Referee comes over like, here's our coach, Coach McKay. Yeah. He knows she's not a coach. I think he might have been getting a kickback from Hendricks to make sure they stayed in the tournament. We look tired. We need new players. We need to, we need to swap places. We, Say, change it up. Change it up. Change it up. Scream it. We look tired. We need to trade places. What? Uh, new players. Oh, say change it up. Change it up. Scream it. Change it up! 
How could Mendoza even play a shift? We said that earlier. If he can't stop, he did defensive liability. Failed upward. He'd just be on the ice the whole time, like getting mopped around. Yeah. Uh, Julia Cat Gaffney comes to Coach Bombay and says she wants to play. He tells her she'll get her chance, but he can't pull Goldberg as long as they're winning. Why then doesn't she start the next game against Germany after they get skull fucked by Iceland? Yeah. They lose, what is it, like 14 to 12 1? 1, 12, 12 to 1. 1. Right then and there, Julie, you're starting the next game. Here's the thing Goldberg has never been a good goal. No. He's always sucked. It was the innovative offense of the flying V that helped save Goldberg's ass. Why would it hurt giving Julie the cat Gaffney? Is Disney being sexist? Quite possibly. During the street hockey scene, that dude does not care whatsoever that his windshield got broken. And it's what it happens all the time. Excuse me. He just, oh yeah he just throws the puck back in alley-oop hey man it's okay that dude's hiding something he can't draw any attention to himself he's got drugs obviously he's got drugs he's got bodies <laughs> why doesn't he care that they broke his witch and, and the, i think it's russ tyler his brother even says like happens all the time don't worry about it how much is that guy fucking paid out for windshield he's repair not. he's just letting him keep getting broken because he's got bodies he's got drugs he's got <laughs> Body's full of drugs. What is Gordon Bombay going to do for a job after he backs out of the Hendricks hockey deal? Although that's ambiguous because he says he doesn't want to be a lawyer anymore. He burns Standy of him in the uh, fire in a barrel, which yeah, he says real weird. It's a distraction this in a fire a, in a barrel. This is a fire in a barrel. He says it as like one word. <laughs> this is a fire in a barrel. This is a distraction this in a, a fire in a barrel. This is a distraction in a fire in a barrel. <laughs> Fire in a barrel. This is a distraction. This is a fire in a barrel. This is a distraction in a fire in a barrel. I think he quits Hendrix Hockey, but again, the guy from Hendrix Hockey is still there. So I'm like, I, I don't even know at this point. Does, so does Gordon spend the next 10 years working for Hendrix Hockey? Or the guy from Hendrix just quit and Jan hired him to and, live and in Gord, a shop. But actually, Gordon in the third one is not their coach. And he comes back to be their lawyer because they need a lawyer in order to sue the school. Or they whatever. had Emilio Estevez on retainer. Hey, man. We're, we need you for this movie. Iceland's uniforms sort of look like the Hawks uniforms from the first movie. What are the odds they just reuse those with the name swapped out? Probably. Probably pretty good. And is that how you spell Iceland and Icelandics? Like Eastland? Iceland? Like Island. Island, yeah. I don't know. But I do like the Iceland cheer. Like, Iceland. And finally, last thing I have, why did Dwayne have his lasso on the bench? <sighs> he, he lassos the Yahoo. Yeah. He's going to, there's like an affair with him and Connie. Oh, they're having, because they're making fun. Connie, uh, you know, with Gee, she says something like, now that's a good looking hockey player. Now, and then Dwayne saves her. Kevin, if game changers wasn't on Disney, <sighs> he pimped her out. I mean, <laughs> He either did that or it was a weird threesome. Like if this was on they're fucking, a thruple. They're a thruple. They're, an e, they're on uh they're on an E or a TLC. What's the channels that has that stuff? I, they have a they're of their own reality show. They have multiple where it's kids. Dwayne and Connie and Key all He together. films it in the corner like a cuck. What's the legacy of this movie? I mean, we mentioned oh an actual NHL franchise. I mean, it doesn't That's get bigger the than best that. legacy we've ever had. For I a would movie. say so. There were a total of three movies. An animated series with anthropomorphic ducks. It's awesome. The figures are awesome. And and then a rebooted series, Game Changers on Disney Plus. Do you remember when the Mighty Ducks temporarily 
Kelly for a few seasons had the full standing duck. Yeah. They kind of resembled the cartoon series ducks. Which is really cool. But the cartoon series ducks, I'm pretty sure were like robotic aliens or something. I think they were. Something weird. Why was there not a Mighty Ducks video game? Great, great. Shocked. Perfect. Yeah, there should have been. Probably because the NHL franchise. Probably. Probably a But right, then again, right every state. big name hockey player had a game. Yeah, I want that. I want to play as, as Charlie Conway in the Mall of America. Like, I, I, I'm thinking for some reason, the first thing popped in my head is it'd play like Paperboy. Yeah. Play kind of like Paperboy. Like isolinear. Yeah, yeah. With like different Fulton Reed. And, you can hit Connie and Gee in the face with a puck. Uh, all right. Stick around for some plugs. This is Seth Fowler. And if you want to listen to a podcast, which is the number one podcast, in the United States Navy, you will listen to the Pool Scene Podcast. Pool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show and all of the other ones in our back catalog. And you can find those on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, and wherever you get your podcast from, because we are there. And never forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow on Facebook. Join the the pool seniors group for exclusive content you will get it there first instagram twitch threads tiktok and youtube at pool scene podcast we are all over the place so you will never get one opportunity to miss us anytime anywhere and as always back to kevin final app guy i have not heard about your knuckle puck yeah the final lap All right, so we have a Pool Crimes Minute. An arrest was made by Las Vegas police after 27 years for the 1996 murder of Tupac Shakur. It's always been an open secret that Tupac was killed by Orlando Anderson. So in July of 1996, Orlando Anderson was in an altercation at Lakewood Mall with a member of Death Row Records named Trevon Lane. Orlando Anderson stole Trevon Lane's Death Row pennant necklace. Apparently, he was in the Crips, and that sect of Crips had, like, a bounty on Death Row pennants. Those were incredible pennants. They were awesome. awesome. So, he stole Trevon Lane's Death Row pennant. Fast forward September 7th, 1996. So, two months later. Death Row Records, they attended the Mike Tyson fight at MGM Las Vegas. And this is the last footage. We saw it a million times. Tupac, Tupac. leaving MGM on stage right? with Shug. So they were in a physical altercation with Orlando Anderson. I shouldn't even call it a physical altercation. Trevon Lane, who was there, spotted Orlando Anderson. And then they basically gave him a severe five-on-one beating. Three hours later, Tupac shot four times inside of a car driven by death row president Shug Knight when a Cadillac containing four men pulled up beside them on Las Vegas Boulevard. Tupac died six days later. All of those things are facts. Yeah. You know, there were eyewitnesses, saw a Cadillac pull up beside of them. Four men were seen to be inside, fired into the car, drove off. So the police have arrested Dwayne Keefe D. Davis, who is Orlando Anderson's uncle. Davis confessed in 2018 that Orlando Anderson was the shooter. And now Davis is the only living person who is inside the Cadillac. So Anderson was killed in 1998 in a gang violence incident unrelated. Now, there is a conspiracy theory. Tupac's mom sued Orlando Anderson, but I'm pretty sure that she lost. Yeah. But then Orlando Anderson ends up dead. There was like a shootout at a at a car wash or a laundromat or something. Two 
others in the car have also died since. And now Davis has revealed that he has cancer. The working theory is that police want someone who can be held accountable for the crime while still alive. In 2011, LAPD detective Greg Kading wrote a book alleging that Dwayne Keefe D. Davis was paid $1 million by Sean Diddy Combs to kill Tupac and Suge Knight. So pool sceners, you decide the motive. Was it just escalating retaliations or was it a hit for hire? They seem to, they at least seem to have arrested someone who was there. Now I remember the scuttlebutt for a while was it was Puff Daddy that was behind the death of Tupac and then Suge was behind the death of Biggie Smalls, which East West Coast rivalry, that was the big thing nowadays or back then I should say. But after 30 years almost, I get that it's a cold case, but at this rate, if he has cancer, is it terminal cancer? I, I think. So it's like, why are we even wasting our time here? Just, just so somebody can go on the books and they can officially close the case. But I'm pretty sure everybody thinks it's bullshit, right? Even if it's bullshit, he was definitely there. Oh, okay, so he was a part he of it. He was definitely there. But he didn't pull the trigger. No, I, I think so. Orlando Anderson gets beat up at the MGM. I'm pretty sure he called his uncle, you know, Keefe D and said, hey, we need to get a gun. And then Tupac, I, I don't know if they just found them by happenstance driving up and down the strip. I don't know how they, they got lucky enough to pull or unlucky enough to pull up next to them. But yeah, he was definitely there. He definitely had some involvement. He probably wasn't the one that pulled the trigger, but they're going to make him go down for the crime. And here's the thing too, Tupac, wasn't his whole thing a gimmick? Basically, yeah. he wasn't. He was an art school kid. Yeah, he wasn't hardened, badass no, no, guy. He wasn't, it was just a gimmick. I mean, they painted him as being out in the streets, like shooting people and dealing drugs. And Tupac literally was like a, he went to like the equivalent of like a Juilliard. He's smart as he hell. Was smart. He was a, a talented actor and musician and everything. He's in, he was in movies growing up. Poetic I mean, justice. Well, that was kind of after his yeah. career. But yeah, Tupac's whole thing was a, a gimmick. Digital underground. Yeah. Tupac. He's in, in a movie we covered. In no, nothing but trouble. Nothing but tr- I almost said no holds barred. Could He's you not, imagine no, Tupac with Hulk was. Hogan? Not no holds barred. Hey, brother. All right. So I just returned from Tennessee. I had a great time. It was really, really cool. We um, drove down. We experienced Bucky's for the first time. I need to hear about the majesty of Bucky's. We spent over an hour, like an hour and a half in Bucky's. It's fucking incredible. Spent $150. Holy shit. My kids loved it. My my youngest daughter, Bucky's, I think, is her favorite thing in the world now. Good she Lord. just is like all in on Bucky's. She bought a blanket, a neck pillow, a shirt, squishable football. Well, she didn't buy I mean, it. Well, I bought you it. You bought it. My other daughter bought a, a sweatsuit to wear to school. Like, uh, I mean, they just, they went all in on Bucky's. How did they, and it's fascinating, a gas yeah. fucking chain turned into a juggernaut like this. You know, I, I will say the interesting thing about Bucky's is surprisingly, the prices are okay. Like the blanket I bought my daughter, which is a really nice quality blanket, 15 bucks. Really? I bought a Christmas sweater. Cause like for a couple of years, I'm like, I need like a silly Christmas sweater. It was 20 bucks. Are and there any Bucky's north of the Mason Dixon line? There are two in Tennessee, one in Kentucky, two in Florida. And I think the literally two, two or three in Alabama and literally the rest are in Texas. Damn it. So the closest one to us is about four and a half, five hours. Okay. Um, Richmond, Kentucky. And it's, it's like the Walmart of gas stations. I mean, for our listeners who have who've been to one, it's just, they have a bunch of like pre-made brisket sandwiches that half the store is their own packaged snacks, yeah. like their own Bucky's brand knockoff of chips and peanuts. And they have beaver nuggets. The barbecue is like crazy. And then it's a store. And then it's, it's also just like a regular travel store. They have a bunch of tchotchkes and shit, yeah. but um, it's, it's just, it's bizarre. It's so 
weird. And and the weird thing is, we went there on the way, stopped there, everything was Halloween. Halloween blankets and shirts and Halloween stuff. A few days later on our way home, stopped at Bucky's again. It was all Christmas. Shit, they so, don't waste like, any time. We've never seen the changeover. We've always wanted to see the changeover from at Disney because if you go to Disney on October 31st and then return on November 1st, overnight they managed to change the entire park from Halloween to Christmas. It's unbelievable feat that they achieve. And it's a huge deal for people to be there for that. We've never seen it at Disney. We got to see it at Bucky's though. <laughs> it's, it's, we got to see the, and it's cheaper. I, but I don't understand why they changed to Christmas but it'll be like the first week of October. That's nuts. It's so weird. So we get to Pigeon Forge. I found my sought after Halloween is skeleton sign, which makes no sense. But we get to Pigeon Forge and Pigeon Forge is like Las Vegas for people without teeth, which actually may also <laughs> be Las Vegas. But uh, no offense to Las Vegas. Yeah. It's it's just like insane. It's just like neon lights. The Titanic Museum literally has a fucking Titanic. We had took so many pictures. Why is there a Titanic of the, Museum It's there? awesome. It's crazy. It's I a mean, giant yeah. Titanic and an iceberg out front. It's like a, a real replica-sized Titanic just sitting there. There's all this Ripley's. There's upside-down buildings and sideways buildings. There's Alpine coasters everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Did you do an Alpine Did coaster? Did not do an Alpine coaster. Okay. But they're on like every hill everywhere. Yeah. We went to the island which is sort of like an outdoor mall type place and they have rides and stuff it was fine but then we stayed at the inn at christmas place so i could like live on my um you know my christmas your my dreams hallmark christmas movie dreams it was awesome yeah like truly the whole place every year they completely changed the decorations they had santa there the kids took pictures with santa and wrote letters to santa there was a scavenger hunt they put out cookies every night not like the cookies at the hotel you stayed at cedar point <laughs> But they put uh, cookies out. The swimming pool outside was like amazing. It was 85 and sunny, so we, we swam. I would highly recommend the Inn at Christmas Place to anybody. It's lit up. It's beautiful. And then we went to Dollywood. Dollywood's a weird park in that I tried so hard all day to compare it to a different park. And you can't. And you can't because it's its own thing. It's a unique thing. We are thinking, okay, we're going on a Monday, the first week of October. Kids should be in school. We should be fine. Fucking hacked. Jesus. So we get in. The parking areas, parking lots are not real big, but they're like tiered. They're like small parking lots, a bunch of them. And we, you have to take a tram to the gate. You don't have to, but but if you walk, you're probably at least a half mile walk. Okay. So we end up parking, taking a tram and getting into the park probably at a quarter after open. So 15 minutes after open, I tell my family, I'm like, you guys rent a stroller, do whatever you need to do. I'm like, I'm going (laughs) to lightning rod. I'm going to lightning rod. So I pretty much power walk to lightning rod. I don't even see anything. I turn the corner and there's a line Shit. and I'm like, this must be the line. I asked somebody, I was like, is this line for lightning rod? And they're like, yes. So I get in line. Well, it turns out they weren't even letting people into the queue. So the queue for lightning rod goes inside of a building. It's like a gas station. They weren't letting people in, but within maybe five minutes, the line starts moving, get inside. It says on the app, it's a 45 minute wait. Surprisingly, that's about what I ended up waiting. Lightning rod's only a 90 second ride, but they do one train ops. They don't have to do one train ops Uh. because there is a brake run at the end where they could be launching somebody while they bring somebody else in, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Why? would you do one train ops i'm timing it so a 90 second ride but i'm timing it it's four and a half to five minutes per launch that's insane four and a half to five minutes per launch insane and then the fast pass they were letting on fast pass riders half the train so if each train holds 24 people they're doing 12 fast pass 12 regular rides. fair enough so i ended up only waiting about 45 minutes incredible you love it when that launch is removed it should be a federal crime like literally that launch the only complaint i have is you launch it's a ma- 
amazing. It should go right over the edge. So you slow up when you get to the top of you that hill. You get to the top and you go over like a bunny hill and then you go down a hill. So basically, are they going to be putting in like a cable like on They're Millennium, putting in a, a Millennium chain Force? Cable lift. Yep. God damn it. And then there are some elements on that, plus the fact that it's in the mountains. It's just like, it's magical. Like, it is truly like an amazing. They use the terrain. Unique coaster. Where do you put lightning rod I on your list? I don't, uh, top five. Okay. I mean, I don't know exactly. I have to think about it, but like, it's just so unique. There's almost like what I call like a wall ride, like a skateboard trick. You go up this hill and you literally ride sideways and then drop back down. Never been on anything like that. There's just like some really cool stuff. It's really gnarly. It happens real fast. I wish I could have rode it like 10 times. Rest of the day, 180 minutes. Really? So three, three plus hours. Shh. To, uh, to ride it. the That's the longest line I've ever seen for a fast pass. That's insane. Because fast pass should move fast. But didn't you say a fast pass there is cheaper? They do have a tiered fast pass. Uh. Traditionally, they did not. Now they do have a fast pass. The only fast pass that works on lightning rod is the most expensive one. Makes sense. So because makes sense. The first fast pass absolutely makes zero sense. Shit rides. It shit rides. And then the second one is like, well, you can ride everything but lightning rod. And then the last one's like, you can ride lightning. So you rode the other coasters there too, right? Or uh, not all most of them. of them. So I did ride Dragonfire, super fun, like family coaster. That ride, they were clearing out the fast pass line before they let any passengers from the regular line. See, now that's bullshit. That officer. is bullshit. The, the dude looked like an Appalachian mountain man that <laughs> was like letting people in. Yeah. And I wanted to be like, dude, are we serious? He would let in everybody in the fast pass lane, go get in the queue. And then if more people came in after between that and the next time, they loaded the train, he'd let those people on too. That's not right. He was completely clearing out Fast Pass before he let anyone on. Prick. Rode Big Bear Mountain, one of the strangest coasters I've ever been on that just opened this year, I think in April or May. One of the strangest coasters I've been on because looking at it and riding it. Two different things. It's gnarly. It yeah. actually like pulls a ton of G's. It's extremely fast. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of like cool, it's small, but it pulls like so many. It's, it reminds me a lot of Maverick with okay. better theming and different types of elements it's so fun but it's like uh my, my daughter was terrified i i literally looked at it i mean it's not big it doesn't look that fast you get on it it hauls that's cool mystery mine i rode at night other than the people i rode with i really loved it you literally go vertical and the roof is open. So when you go into the indoor elements, the roof is open. You're looking at the stars. So cool. And then that coaster is like got all these weird little elements and, and fun stuff. Halloween stuff was great. Like all the theming was awesome. You know, I had a really fun time. Like it was really, really awesome. We, we left, I think 15 minutes before the park closed. Definitely would return. Not a lot of like ton of food options. I mean, like you got that cinnamon bread though. Yeah, I got the cinnamon bread, bought a shirt, but the, the merch. Okay. I was going to ask, What's the merch like? Not great. Better I than mean, Kennywood, though. But way better than Kennywood. Okay, good. Every coaster has a shop outside of it, that ha other than I don't think Dragonflyer does, but like outside of Wild Eagle, outside of Big Bear Mountain, outside of Lightning Rod, outside of all of those rides, there's merch specific shops, sort of the way that like Disney or Universal yeah. does it. Merch specific shops. I just don't really like the. It's like basic design. It's like, yeah, it's very like Walmart graphic tee style. Okay. Just they don't have like a, an homage or a, a GV artwork or someone yeah. making their, their stuff. But uh, yeah, I bought a, uh, like a, 
Halloween nights or whatever they call their thing. I bought like a shirt with that, a long sleeve. And uh, yeah, we had a, such a great time. And then um, cinnamon bread was cinnamon bread's up? good, really good. Okay. There's a trick to that for anyone that goes to Dollywood. The back of the park has the grist mill. It's a okay. big waterfall. It's like an old school. I guess the wait for cinnamon bread back there can be up to an hour. Oh God. And they, they make all the elements for the cinnamon bread right there at the grist mill. Cool, they, make the, they make the flour, they make everything. But if you go to the bakery up front, right as you come in the park, it's like not even five minutes. Smart. There's no line. You can just go in there and get the same thing. It's crazy. So we, we got that. Yeah, all the theming was great. I, I've had a lot of fun. I thought it was like super neat and I definitely would go back. My bu- bummer was they do this train ride and it's like a it's like a half hour train ride. It yeah. takes you the entire perimeter of the park. It takes you up through the mountains and it's like just a, a train. It only runs every 45 minutes and like it's limited space so you have to be in line. We were looking for the train schedule and this dude just, I don't know what he's dressed as, but he stopped and he was like, well, can I help you with something? We're like, we're just looking for the train schedule. And he was like, it's actually not running today. It's down for maintenance. Uh, and I was like, oh no. And, but whatever. It's just a train ride. You loved the train ride at uh, Waldemere <laughs> when we rode it. Yeah. The the kids part of the park was cool. Everything was cool. I mean, they, again, I had no complaints about. Dolly did it right. About any of it. Yeah. It was, it was nice. And the service was really good. Everything was, everything was great. Uh, the only complaint is ride ops. Yeah. Ride ops. I mean, but that's potentially just the employees that are doing the operations, not necessarily the park. But yeah, I would definitely go back. I definitely ride all that stuff. I'm really bummed about the, I think it's a, a crime literally that they're removing that launch because it's just without that launch, it somewhat kind of just becomes another coaster. Mediocre. I would have liked to have rode Wild Eagle, but it just didn't work out. The lines were too long and it's not that the lines were too, it just from, to me, we only had one day there. It wasn't worth. You want to waste more time. Two or three hours to ride Wild Eagle. Yeah, you're fine. It's a very big winged coaster, but it just wasn't, wasn't worth it. Got back. I mean, took a kind of a whole day driving, did some, you know, made some different stops and, and got home. So it was a nice little trip. I definitely liked it. Would and you back. got to miss the Browns game, which was good for all I'm of glad, us. I'm glad. I'm glad I missed Thank the Browns God. game. Jesus. Uh, just not. Thank God it's a bye scenario. week this week. Yeah. Well, and then we come back from bye and we play the best team in the NFL. Yeah, we're fucked. All right. Well, until next week, we've got something uh, short for you. I got to swim shorts next week to continue hockey month. Until then, Silencia. <laughs> I paid my dues. Time after time. I've done my sentence. But committed no crime. And bad mistakes. I've made a few. I've had my share.